Somebody get a doctor. I need a shot of medicine, baby. His current theme more so than his old theme. You were just telling us that it was ridiculous that we liked his old theme. This one, I that, don't that it was understand. ridiculous that you liked it more than that one. Why wouldn't you? What do you hate about it? The original, I don't the hate best. it. I just like the new one, the current okay, one that so he Okay, so explain uses. why. We're not hating on you. We're just baffled yeah, on you why are. you hate You it. are. You're always hating on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, no, no, we were both jaw on the floor. How do you not yeah, like, like, what's the, why do you hate the first I version, which is the best compared to the I other I don't one? hate it. I just like the current one more. Okay, explain he, why. He doesn't help, hate it. He just won't let him in his house. Help us, <laughs> help us understand. You're just saying that you like it. What? Tell yeah. us so we can understand you I better. I just on feel it. like there's more to it musically. It just it's nicer. You like what do you like about it that makes it so good? So the I'll bass, t- the bass, it hits way harder. Way harder. And it, it's a little so from ninety seven ninety eight theme. Ninety seven ninety eight. Compared to that theme, it's that a harder. Theme. Harder tone versus a lighter tone to me. Okay. See, now, to me, I think when you hear that glass break and that that bass hits so friggin' hard, you just know that entire arena is shaking when that music plays. And that's when all the signs went up. Listen to that. Listen to that hit. And that bass line quit. The only thing you're missing is like 40,000 people just losing their minds right now, screaming. Signs going up. Everybody's wearing you're, Austin 360. What I love is you're thinking like they didn't do that when he had his current theme. They're still doing that when he had his current Oh, but this theme. was so much his, better, though. His he probably pu- liked, his you, you probably liked that shitty theme he had by the H-Blocks or whatever that was. <laughs> and they tried oh, to hell, put a rocket roll. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, oh, I, I liked the beginning part of that when they incorporated the glass breaking into it, but... Yeah, the rest of the song was okay. But, dude, his loudest pop wasn't even ever with that song, with that music right there. His loudest pop is when he came out to help Mick Foley win the championship. That was his loudest pop that's, ever. That's debatable because you can go back on YouTube and watch so many different pops. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right. Better than Becky Lynch. I'm going to keep what? drinking my... In honor of Becky Lynch, I'm going to keep drinking my green beer. <laughs> hey, do we got the, oh! we got the music for Dave? Is oh! his favorite? <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, we don't have it. I, I could take my phone back, and then we could hear it. <laughs> no, that's okay. We have a soundboard, Andrew. <laughs> I hey, I'll get, get Joey over on the soundboard to play it. Yeah, we're in the Bad Medicine... What is this? The, the Bad Medicine Studios? studios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know our studio And uh, today we got a very special guest today. Uh, you didn't have any problem getting past security, did you? Not too much. I mean, no? he, he made sure he got through all three clearances. Uh, 
Good had for had you. to take no, off okay. all the piercings. So he made it through okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, shut up, Andy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in history, we have our very own NFL insider, Sideline D. So quick backdrop on Sideline D. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're going into your sixth year officially into the NFL. Is that correct? That is correct. Boom. See, we're giving you people six. some backdrop. Year number six for Sideline D. So... We're actually, we've gotten a lot of requests, guys, believe it or not, about talking a little bit of football. So I was thinking, since we are not <laughs> analysts, we go should ahead, go from analyst. a fan perspective as we do with Monday with Night With everything, Raw. exactly. Yeah. Fans' perspective. We're not going to sit here, try to figure it out, be insiders, whatever. But We're the insider to give to us. we could have is right next to us as in sideline D. Because he's actually, now correct me if I'm wrong on this, you actually have the best seat in the house because you're in the middle. That was a, that was a water. Yep, you're in the middle. Line. So you're in the middle of the team, of whatever team. It could be the home team, visitor team, because we won't say exactly where you are. It's always, <laughs> it's always, it's always the visitor side. Visitor it's side. See, it's, it, it's a bit frustrating here on the podcast because we do have to be very vague. As many of you are longtime listeners from whether it be the UK or from Scotland would know, or we don't name Omar. names. We don't name names here in the Bad Medicine Podcast if we can help it. So UK and England, right? UK and England. Uh, there are, there, is that what I said? I meant Scotland. Andrew, too much green beer. There's never enough green You know, and it's beer. funny because I just made fun of Dave like 10 minutes ago for saying the same thing. <laughs> it rubbed off on you. I was like, yeah, England and the UK, huh, Dave? You moron. <laughs> There's a globe. <laughs> oh, thanks, Joey. Appreciate thanks, Joey. It. You're the man. We'll pay you next you're week. Worth, you're worth every penny we don't pay. <laughs> He's good for it. So a little right. NFL chatter when we picked a good week for it Holy is because uh, a lot went on. The new NFL season free agency frenzy. You, you, not to cut you off, but we're not oh. going to be the ESPN first take or the stupid uh, <laughs> Skip Bayless crap where all they do is talk about Dallas. Why don't we start with our home teams, the NFC North. Oh, the North is always the best. Your Packers Ameri- finally America's did something. Team. America's team. Title town. Yeah, what's your uh, opinion on that? They finally uh, Everyone's comments oh my, are like... Oh, well, First, the first day. I love how Dave is asking, asking our, our guests guest what his opinion was, and Andrew has to jump in. Oh, well, God. as a matter of fact, yeah, he doesn't get right. enough talk time. Well, as no, it is. I don't. I don't ever. We did shut him up pretty about, good on the last one. We I never had, talk. Uh, we had the Appleton anyway. Oak on. He didn't say much. Well, th- no, it was well, it was easy. We had the one mic. So, so back to our guest. <laughs> well, well, you go from Ted Thompson to the Goody, and he, right away he jumps in. Last year he picked up two free agents, I believe, and this year four. You but never know till you try. You never know, but he's he's definitely spending a lot of money at uh, needs for the Packers, uh, picking up two defensive ends, uh, safety which was needed ever since Haha left and Morgan Burnett left in free agency a year ago, and also an offensive lineman which they were, had to address as well because of all the issues with uh, Brian Balaga being injured and. Oh, come on! I thought Robo Knee had like at least ten more years in him. I think it's Robo Knees. Yeah, we're yeah. holding that guy together with bailing wire and duct tape. One one year to the next, it's which knee is it hey, going to be? Hey, you guys know uh, the Dolphins did release Josh 
sitting, so you guys could probably get him back. There, there was, he's, 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 get the he's old line back together. Is he going to the Jets? Yeah. TJ Lane got released, too, by the Lions. So nah, we could bring him back, but we'll, we're not. Put him in the booth with Tauscher. They'll be good at that. <laughs> you give me Richie Incognito, and I'm happy. <laughs> I want somebody with some attitude, a little swagger. I don't think any of the cars in the parking lot will be happy, though. He'll be smashing them all in on the way in. <laughs> well, I give you something to do. <laughs> Get out there, hey, sweepy. Hey, sideline D, you got to handle uh, Richie Incognito. He's all gassed up and on coke. <laughs> oh, shit, we don't name names, darn it. Sideline D. Well, no, sideline uh, D. Richie Incognito. Oh, oh he's oh, that long. He's, 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 he's in a public, public figure. Yeah, he's a public figure. We well, there was that time him. you were hanging out with them. And I, well, well, I it, that's neither here nor there. And that wasn't Richie Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> It was Ted DiBiase saying he was oh, Richie Incognito. That's right, same thing. But that's the kind of attitude I want on my offensive line. I well, want somebody who bullies somebody so bad they give up millions in the NFL and want to quit. That's what I want on my own line. Well, you guys are Packer fans. What do you guys? Are you guys on the Van Wagen of everyone? Oh my God, they finally did something. Well, what was funny was yeah, the first day where they're like, yeah, that's right. The first. <laughs> Well, the first day they didn't do anything, and everyone's like, "Oh, I thought we got a new GM. I thought we were gonna make moves." Blah, blah. And then the next day to see him just flip like a coin. Hey, I like this. We're actually doing shit. Like, just give the man some time. Like, we would have overpaid for people on the first day. Not that we may or may not have. That's debatable. Well, every team does that. Yeah, you're always gonna overpay. I mean, uh, what, what the hell was it? The uh, uh, the backup from the Eagles, uh, Foles. I mean, that, that guy's gonna get paid. Millions of dollars. Have 50. you watched him throw a pass? It's like throwing a balloon when he yeah, throws. When, like the thing goes like the Goodyear blimp. I don't know how when these we're guys watching don't intercept the it. playoff game against the Bears. We were just sitting here flabbergasted, <laughs> like, how are these not getting intercepted? He's throwing it like a shot put, just boop in there. It's like you think. Like, uh, I'm trying else. to think of a good visual, uh, a, a good description <laughs> for it, and like. I like I said, I think the best I can come up with is like a t-shirt cannon at a, at a hockey game. Is about what his passes are. A little bit slower though. Well, and the funny thing is, is the the guy who couldn't intercept him that you guys are getting, Adrian Amos that you guys signed. I was he the, did, it was he the did system, get Dave. Well, he did, but he's not the best hands guy. I think it's just well, a wash between because a lot of people are giving me shit for. The Bears, oh, you got a Packer. Well, look what you guys have been doing the last two years, trying to get every bear that you can. But Adrian Amos and HaHa are, I said the last two years, uh, Adrian Amos and HaHa are just a watch. He starting offensive line, Andrew. Uh, Classic Quinn. With with HaHa, the wide receiver will catch the ball, and he'll go strut right in the end zone with HaHa just not even... Trying to make a tackle. Well, HaHa's on a contract year now, so maybe he he's has been to under play. contract year for the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe under a new DC, he might perform just a tad bit. He's better. had three DCs in the last four years. He's, he's, everyone's he, trying to. He had now. Eddie. He's got Eddie Jackson with him, so he should do all right. Well, Eddie Jackson or Freddie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that you don't know until you know. I mean. I mean, hell, all three of these guys could blow out their knees in training camp and pull a Jordy. So I'm going to wait until game one and see who shows up. Yeah, it's great they went out and put in some effort to bring in some new horses. Because I always said, you know, that's their problem. The only reason any Packer fans hate the New England Patriots is because you know the Patriots are exactly what you could be if you had a front office who had their heads out of their asses and took chances and made moves to get stuff. I mean, you had all but Brett Favre begging you to sign Randy Moss 
Tom Brady gets some. I mean, what does he get? Two Super Bowls out of that guy? Whatever Randy Moss does not have a single Super Bowl ring. They they went nineteen eight, and one. Yep, eighteen. Eighteen and one. And one. Uh, they won eighteen and one. Hey, play the uh, the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Keep talking. And then, and then the next year, Brady blew out his knee, which then Matt Castle came in. Went huge ten, payday. Went ten and six. Oh, because well, Brady's so great. Well, Castle's still just a good. How else did he do on other teams? Just when Brady's terrible. been out, they still have a winning record. So that's. Same with Nick Foles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he does, he's done good. He's done good in the West Coast offense. Oh, but then he went the, to St. Louis, did like, horrible. Like yeah. the two games came, that he came had back play. with Chip, Chip Kelly was horrible. He had the one good year with Chip Kelly, though. The first year with Chip Kelly, he actually played pretty well. It was it's right. gonna be interesting but, how he does in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean he's gonna outside have, of Doug Peterson, he's Doug gonna Peterson. have a customized he's offense. Have a defense. But my whole point is to. To get back to my point here real quick, and then I'll turn it over to you guys, because I haven't really been following the NFL that much. I'm really uh, excited for the Formula One racing season this year, but Andrew and uh, Dave will fall asleep on me here if I start talking about it. Anyways, if you're missing out on Formula One, it's fantastic. Give it a view. You'll love it. But anyways, um, to tie up the a bow around the thing with the Patriots and why teams dislike them, like you basically have you know your Hall of Fame quarterback, the Packers have had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for 30 years, and you got two rings to show for it. In your heart of hearts, if you are honest with yourself, you know that the Packers could be what the Patriots are if they had a front office that wasn't just content with being good and selling out the stadium and pushing merchandise. If they truly had a thorn in their side to be the best, they would be. It's good to see them moving in the right direction. Going after some guys, I like what I see. Hopefully, we can maybe get a dirty pair of socks for Clay Matthews if we trade him away or release well, him or whatever. He's, 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 yeah. contract he's a free agent. Oh, see, I, it's um, ladies and gentlemen, got to apologize. It's up till three a.m. watching a Formula One race live from Australia. <laughs> Fantastic, but uh, yeah. So, so there you go. There you go. Well, what are you? You're on the sidelines. Do you agree yep. with that? With which part? Well, the front office. About the Formula One day. Yes. Yeah, Sorry, I was going to bag with that. Yeah. Well, with the front office comment, because it's true. You guys had Brett Favre and now Aaron Rodgers and only two Super Bowl rings to think about it, or to show for it. Should have had a third, to be fair, there was usually away. only one good team in the NFC North or even NFC Central, going back to when we had Tampa Bay. You, there was usually only one other good team. The others were just kind of scrubs anyways. Well, I think with the Packers, especially uh, when Ron Wolf was there, when they made a Super Bowl run, free agency was a big key for them. They got Reggie White. Yep. They, they got Andre. They, 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 they got Keith Jackson. They went and got Keith Jackson. They went and got Santana Dotson. Sean Jones. Sean Jones. Eugene Robinson. Eugene Robinson was huge. Um, especially Mark, especially Mark, down for George Andre Risen mid-season from all yeah. their injuries. So he went and got players he needed to, to make yep, the Super Bowl run, the and, and they did that. And the second year, they went to the Super Bowl and lost to Denver. And then Fucking they, horse face. Some people never forget. And then um, Holmgren left for Seattle, and the Ray Rhodes era started for, <laughs> for the one year. <laughs> and then Shermanator. Oh, the Shermanator. <laughs> Old Sugar Bear. Sugar Bear. <laughs> but, so then, what do you think about... The Bears, have they made any other moves? Well, the Bears that? had to do all their big spending last year. So oh. now that all their holes are filled, because every team goes to this. Eh, now, right now, filled. Packers are doing it right. They spent big this year. So now they're just trying to find the one or two players that they need for roles. And now safety was a big issue because they weren't going to bring Amos back on 11 mil. So I'm kind of glad that they got ha-ha for now. 
and then kind of see where it goes from there. But now they just need role players. A lot of people freaked out that day where they restructured <laughs> Khalil Mack's uh, signing bonus because it freed up $11 million. And this was just before uh, the Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. announcement for that whole day. And everyone's like, They're, we're getting Le'Veon Bell. Well, he freed up eleven million. Heard the same. Well, how about the pickup the Bears had this this off season? Kicker blew it. (laughs) Where was this guy last year? Chicago's going to be on fire with the uh, the headlines (laughs) because just that last name blew it is going to be so. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to hear a lot of that in Chicago probably if that kicker screws up anymore. Doink. <laughs> but it was kind of funny at the end of the season when I told you, yes, you need a kicker going into the playoffs. And I, go, oh, the, I agreed we'll, with you. We'll, we'll get through. We'll get through. And I go, every game comes I down said to a kick. As long as it doesn't come down to a kick, we'll be fine. And I go, and and I go every playoff game comes down to a kick at some point. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it the first game oh, of the geez, playoffs. No, oh. me neither. But Quinn and I were watching the game, and like he kicked it, You know, the timeout. He made it. Quinn just nonchalantly looks at me. He's going to miss it. And then doink, doink, we're like, oh, Double doink. And Quinn's just sitting there. Dude. I knew the whole time. Then he did the ass slap. It was, it was so hard to not be smug. Well, <laughs> one of the guys from back home texted me. He's a diehard pack fan. He's like, so is he going to make it? I'm like, if it's under 35 yards, yes. If it's over 35 <laughs> yards, absolutely not. He's like, well, we'll see. And then doink, doink. And then... Well, I guess you were right. I'm like, yeah, I, he's done this multiple times this well, year. Yeah, he's only good from inside of like, How many times is he going to hit the upright? Yeah. And then Al Michaels just with no shit, six. <laughs> How many times did we replay that, Andrew? I think it was at least 13 or 14. Oh, at least the way. Bakers. You guys aren't the only ones. ones. <laughs> was, uh... Well, see, the situation the Bears have is that where a lot of these younger I don't want to say younger teams. These teams with younger quarterbacks, the situation rookie that deals. they're in, they're still in their rookie deals. They're not paying these guys any any money. No, it's smart they're, right they're now. Not, you know, so they if you can get a guy who's so like, so like, so like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, those yeah, guys are spending yeah, right so spend heavy now. With your yeah. defense, you want a game manager. Yeah, so right right now, spend heavy. Until uh, stuff kind of comes up. <laughs> the only thing have to you liked go. about the 1985 Bears is they're led by a McMahon. As they should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Always comes back to Vince. <laughs> Good one, oh, Old Jimmy. Old Jimmy. <laughs> but. Holy no, Jimmy concussion. Well, and some of your experiences on the sidelines, you were kind of giving us. A yeah, few. we should probably get some other than just ragging on our team. So let's get some <laughs> inside information from our guest here. Yeah, there, you were kind of telling us a story about how it's always interesting to uh, see. Well, every every game is interesting because, well, so much stuff happens in the in the crowd. Stuff happens on the sidelines. Stuff that happens with the players, which I am not going to get into. But um, can name names. Yep. But, what but how never... many girls did you have to pick up in the limo for him? <laughs> <laughs> he pleads the fifth. But you'll have guys who are tailgating for four hours before a game, and they come into a stadium, and they're constantly yelling, like, Charles! Charles Woodson! <laughs> and they're not, Charles! Charles isn't even on the team, right? Oh, they'd be on the team. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, you I mean, meant, like, currently. No, just, like, someone's on the team, or, like, Antonio Brown was there last year, and... Um, yeah, this one drunk who's just trying to get his attention for four hours. I don't think he watched any of the game. He did spill a beer all over himself twice, and so we we always get a kick. Cheap. We always get a kick kick out of that, looking in the crowd and see who's yelling. And usually yeah. you have these crazy fans who are all face painted like mohawks and just yeah, fake fake uh, 
contact lenses and sideline D. I do want to apologize for that. I was tailgating for way too much before the he, game. He can't help it sometimes. He forgot to take his meds. Antonio, <laughs> Antonio. But I will say this about Antonio Brown: of of all the players I've I've uh, seen on the sidelines, he was the one who was probably the most social, and not what I expected. Um, you see, really? you see, like this diva persona. Um, on ESPN and um, everywhere, everywhere else, really about the guy. And he was walking around. He was chatting with um, with everybody um, before the game. They had this big group of people who, for the national anthem, they carried the flag on the field. And um, so he greeted those people as they were bringing the, the the flag on the field and saying hi. Took some pictures with them. That's cool. Um, halftime, they have uh, kids football. Um, kids from like six to 12 really who kind of scrimmage on the field he like um, as they were come off the field he took pictures with them he's shaking hands with them signing autographs he would go into the crowd and a couple people are holding pictures and he would go and sign stuff for them and i gotta say that's probably the first i've actually seen that from any player from you've any seen player. a lot of teams come a lot of teams like this is my this is going on my sixth year so five years of it there, there, there is times where um athletes well, um, before a game and af- afterwards, sign stuff, talk to, take some pictures, maybe throw a football or throw a glove or whatever. Um, but that's the only, only player I actually know or I've seen that he actually went out and seeked the kids. He's very talkative to the, the police who are doing security on the sidelines, making sure no, no fans were on the field. He greeted people for national anthem um, after the flyover. That usually have the pilots come onto the field um, for just walking around, and then they go up to the suite, wherever he was talking to them. So I, I got a different perspective of what AB, people, AB of what you what you hear from him on ESPN and all that stuff <laughs> from what I actually saw. I, I, I did not I did not see that side of him, and I wasn't expecting that because I, I have seen some who who. You see on TV as divas and their divas. Name names. <laughs> I can't name. I want. I'm not going to name any names, but it's you. It, they'd be the people that you. So think. is he like then the best you've seen on the sideline? Yes. As far as talking to respect, re- respectful. Respectful. Yes. yes. Well, see, That's I think awesome. you see. I think you see a lot of that because you know your 15 minutes or whatever they might do on you on ESPN can paint you in a complete, completely different light than what you are. I remember. Um, I think you and I were talking about this, Dave, when they Discovery still had that show American Muscle on about uh, that trainer who would train NFL players trying to get them into shape or whatever. Oh, yep. Remember when they had Nandamakan Sue on there? Yeah. And I was watching it, and this is when he was still with the Lions, I think. And, you know, he had the reputation of being, like, the biggest prick, whatever, dirty player. He came off as, like, the coolest guy on the entire show of anybody they had on there. I'm like, I totally get this guy. He's an old-school throwback. You know, you're you're seeing him when he's just kind of in his element, joking around. They're training, they're lifting, he's joking around with guys, and it was like a totally different uh, character than what you see or what's presented to you as what you're told to believe. So, you know, I, you got to take that stuff well, with a grain of salt. I think when it's game day, it's you know, you turn that switch and it becomes something different, just like us in the ring when we're like this, even keel, whatever. But once we get out in front of the crowd, we flip that switch and we become something different. And that's what happens to him when he gets on the field. Yeah, I he's think got he's that competitive beast and he's going to win at any means necessary. Yeah, he's so probably just an old school throwback player, you know. I mean, 
if you listen to the guys from you know that that first uh, Super Bowl run with Favre and the Packers, you know those guys will talk all the time about how dirty they would play and getting underneath the pile and yeah. breaking fingers Frank and stuff Winters, like that. They said know, was never a Frankie good one. bag of donuts, you know. So I mean, yeah, I, I just think it's you no know, whatever the story needs to be. At the end of the day, it's still entertainment, and I think you got to believe to be a bit um, what's the word skeptical about it that. If it's on TV, probably half of what you're seeing is a work. So these guys are get playing up a seats. character. I'm, I'm not saying that Nandamakan Sue goes out there and tries to be this guy, but I think the media around them are going to create this story. And, you know, they have the agenda they in their mind. they got to sell negativity, mind. though. Yeah, they have yeah, the agenda yeah. in their mind. Then they're going to go out and find the evidence to make their story that they want to well, sell. Well, because, like, they showed they had uh, Mike Daniels mic'd up, and he's talking trash the whole game, and he's, like, talking crap to... Adrian Peterson, and then after the game, they go shake hands. He's like, hey, you know, I was just doing that because, I, you know, i got to get in your head. And the AP's like, yeah, I know. I understand. Like, yeah, I know. I ran for 300 yards against you. It's all good. <laughs> you guys can never stop me. You suck. Only when Al Harris, like, <laughs> destroyed his knee in 07, that's how we put a stop to him. So not that I want to go back to a Bears beatdown, but tell me the Cutler. Because I know a lot of people. He's actually pretty hilarious. I try telling people he's actually pretty funny. But he, he is pretty hilarious, but he is he is just as relaxed as you see him on TV. <laughs> he, he comes off the field, he's shrugging his shoulders. Oh, you know, well, you know what happened. You know, I threw another one. You know, go sits on the bench, and um, you know they'll give him a tablet. He looks at it for a second. I think <laughs> he'll, set, he'll set it down or put it away, and like, oh, we'll get him next time. I was like, has this thing got Flappy Bird on it or whatever? So, so that is kind of like. What, what what you saw on TV with him is what you got. Yeah. So I was always kind of kind of curious because you see him on there on the ETV. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Flappy Bird for So very very cavalier is what you're talking very about. Very cavalier. You see him on there. He's actually pretty hilarious. Like latest show, he was trying to give love advice to one of Kristen's friends. Oh, no. Dave, I'm just... <laughs> Stop with the reality it's, show. It's just so sad that all you have is Jay Cutler. Your team has just been terrible for so long. Oh, yeah. Tell, so tell us about so that long. 55 to 10 game that uh, you left at halftime. <laughs> what kind of fan are fun. you? <laughs> I'm the fan that actually watches the beatdowns, unlike Quitter over here because of politics. I was, oh. really, I was really hoping you'd bring back Conte, though. Oh, you know, Chris, Chris Conte. Conte. That was... I will say I was one of those douchebags, though. <laughs> I learned my lesson on that one. Chris Conte was... would do something bad, and Dave would be on Twitter right away blasting him. You, yeah. should, you should quit right now. Well, I, would, I would never death threaten. I would just say, you suck. Get <laughs> off the team. So, so then I get a text message from Dave. Dude, I think Conte blocked me or deleted me. Can you see if he's on there? And then I, I go on Twitter myself. Oh, I can't find his profile. Dude, he deleted his, his Twitter profile. He like, did, but then he came back when he left Chicago. Yeah, and then I wanted, I wanted to be like, yep, Dave, all because of you. Uh, there's there's Dave putting himself yeah. over again. No, I apologize. I was one of those Twitter douchebags. So. Keyboard warrior. Yeah, I was, I was a keyboard warrior. I will admit. You know, you on Twitter, he's like six foot six, 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still say it to his face. I mean, it's just why like not? that bad medicine promo video where he's as tall yeah, as you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was lifting weights. <laughs> you seen that? Eating steaks and lifting weights. You seen that? So oh, sideline D, this always circles back to wrestling with us. You say oh. that you are a, were a heavy in the '80s wrestling. Huge in the '80s wrestling. So who were some of your favorites back in the '80s? 
Not oh, geez, that was everybody. Like, Big John Studd was out there. Were uh, you the typical, like, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ric Flair? Those, did you like the typical guys that they got after? Or did you seem to find yourself pulling for the undercard guys? I mean, undercard, I thought, undercard I, guys. I, thought I, I heard you like Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> no, see, actually, my grandma got, got into it, to wrestling, and that's how she got uh, got me into it. She, she'd be babysitting me, and every Saturday, Sunday, I must say Sundays, I think it was, She'd be turning on the TV and had to, had to be watching her her wrestling and and that was got to be a big uh, bonding thing for me, for, cool. me yeah. for me and Grams. We'd go over there and um, if I if I missed an uh, episode, she like, oh, do you see what happened here? You know, this blah blah. blah. <laughs> so yeah, she Jimmy's Superfly Snuka jump, you know, jumped off the top <laughs> rope and Iron Sheik was you know whatever. And was, so was she pretty animated about the matches? Would she be like, oh, did you see what that dirty Iron Sheik did? Stuff like that. Or? She, she was pretty. She was pretty pretty quiet about it, but she, yeah. she she'd get into it like, oh, you missed it today type stuff, and and then she just kind of go through what happened. And she was one of those where like if any wrestlers were in our area it doesn't matter if, if you had spandex on and you you're in a ring she wanted to go watch you locally <laughs> oh wow that's, well, that's pretty that's cool because awesome. back in the 80s i wasn't so much in the 80s until i was you know yeah like 10 years old, old and then watching back on the, really the coliseum off. videos mm-hmm. and everything oh. so the big thing when i was young I, I don't know about you guys uh wrestlemania 6 hogan warriors what kind of started it but then uh 95 with all those guys like Sean Diesel, all those guys is what. Yeah, see, for me, the big one was when uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, and Macho Man were were breaking up the mega powers, and they were finally gonna fight each other. <laughs> and I remember there was guys um, sharing a VHS tape on the school bus on the way home. Somebody had recorded the pay per view because, of course, when you're a kid, you're like, "Come on, Dad, let me watch the pay per view. It's it's only available on pay per view." <laughs> and my dad like, "We're not ordering that shit," you know, <laughs> and. Uh, so, yeah, I remember that was, like, the big moment that really kind of got me into it. And, like I said, everybody was, you know, passing, sharing the VHS tape back and forth on the bus. And, yeah, it was just, it's weird how you remember. I know, probably so, younger listeners probably don't know what a VHS is, oh but God, Google yeah. it. <laughs> well, because, like, I remember Saturday morning, WWF Superstars being on. And usually they would just show the clips of, like, Hogan and stuff. But that's when you got to see, like, the young guys, like the Rockers, and then later into, like, Shawn Michaels and stuff. But I just remember, like, uh, as a kid, I would take an, an actual extension cord, put it in my pillowcase, and then walk to the uh, to my living room like Jake the Snake Roberts, and then I'd throw the extension cord out like I was Jake the Snake Roberts. So, and then what, put what the would Jake, was uh, Jake the Snake's uh, snake's name? Oh, uh, well, he had a python, some, he had a cobra. Some fan he is. He, you're about as good with huh? as Dave knowing Bears players. <laughs> you don't know what the snake's name was? Ah, wow. Yeah, gun to my head. Not right now, no. Starts with a D. Oh, Damien, then. There you go. I do the same thing with Dave for the Bears offense. But for for audio's sake, we don't know what that is. A Damien. It's an omen. (laughs) I heard heard Damien sucks. The omen, the snake. Well, then the other thing too I did is uh, so when how, I was actually small enough, I could put a plastic bag on and then I'd rip it off like Hogan. That was the so other thing I would do. How heartbroken do it? <laughs> he does. He did Dave, it earlier today. That was just the one time. Why do you always have to bring it up? See, my brothers would do that to me. They put a really tight shirt on on me and put some sweats and also they they get one of my shirts and and then they put it on them actually okay. and, and cut it all up and then. Pull it right yeah. off, and I was like, Hulkamania, bro. Hulkamania. For whatever reason, when you were a kid, that was like the coolest thing. Like, I don't even have to take the shirt off, I can just rip it off. 
You know, and it is interesting with, you know, with the, the older wrestlers that you remember watching as a kid, when you get to a point, if you decide to pursue becoming a professional wrestler, when you eventually meet those guys, it's always so weird because you're used to seeing them as this persona. And, you know, it's maybe it's a little bit of the mark in you or just, you know, kind of hanging out of the childhood. But it's like <laughs> you see them and you're I like, agree. you're like, don't introduce me. Don't introduce yourself to me as your real name. I don't want to know that. You're you're so and so. You're the guy I saw on Saturday mornings who used to give me nightmares. Don't tell me your real name. I don't so, want to so hear that. Hulk Hogan, you mean Terry then, right? Yeah, because that's what Dave, <laughs> yeah. that's what Dave was telling that's us. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, oh, call that, me Terry, brother. I'm like, no. Hulk Hogan. You're a man. I get escorted out. <laughs> nah, you, you wouldn't go down without a fight, though. <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> so, There's if you were big in the 80s, when awesome. did you start fading out of uh, the wrestling? Just as you got older? and just, As I got older. Like, late, I'd say late 80s, early 90s. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, the rock's on the scene. and So, is that what got you back in a little bit? A, a little bit, yeah. Mr. Dwayne. The Rock. So was it Steve just uh, WWF at the time, or did you kind of pay attention to like some of the NWO stuff that they were doing? It was um, kind of like, it was, w, it was WWF, and then it went to where, I'm not sure what, what part of wrestling it was, but then Hulk Hogan was, you know, he's, he's got the beard. Oh, yeah. WCW. Oh, you know, WCW. Yeah, yeah and he, yep. he, they're, they're all wearing all black, so mm-hmm. it kind of transitioned to that. And then it, kind of after that, I wasn't really following it that much anymore. I think that's when, I, during that, We'll just say Attitude Era. We'll cover yes. all bases with WCW with that. I think a lot of that kind of after 99, late 99, 2000, I think lost its edge for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. How many storylines can you name from WCW 2000? <laughs> <laughs> we can ask Vince Russo. <laughs> or actually just go to his podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, be like, it, like, and that was the thing. It was, it was always a struggle. Which are you going to watch? And I just remember at one point, like, oh, I don't need to watch this yeah, on WCW anymore, stay on Raw. I mean, he had everything he wanted on Raw at WCW. Had like... Well, see, it's interesting. I always thought that, you know, to watch it, even towards, I'd say, this was probably 97, 98, 99, WCW really had a different feel to it when you watched it versus watching Raw. And I don't know if it was the way they did the camera work or I don't know if they had Kevin Dunn at the time trying to give you a, a brain aneurysm while you were watching it with all oh, the different like, camera like now. Oh, but, yeah, the uh, but, it, but it, it did seem like Nitro almost had the feel of more like a football game because they had so many matches with so many different guys because they were paying so many people. And then Raw Shivani! had their, <laughs> Raw had their, like, their storyline they were pushing. So, you know, to me, I would watch them both for different reasons. And, you know, they would always did the Nitro replay so you could watch Raw oh, and then watch that Nitro. Was, that afterwards. was always a smart decision. But what they had, too, is when they would go to commercials is they had, like, the Nitro girls and then they had the DJ in the arena. So that way they kept the fans entertained when they would go to commercials. Whereas Raw, when they went to commercial, if it wasn't a match... There was nothing they would play like now. They do the yeah. So I mean, they just yeah. They both had a very different feel. But yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people kind of fell off um, as sideline D did with you know that same era, and then yeah, he's not the whether only one. it was you know whether it's they they grew up and started watching MMA or just people's entertainments have changed, right? We've got a thousand channels, we've got Netflix, Hulu, we've got all the different stuff, so it's tough to keep people's attention. I mean. I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll watch the highlights of Raw or SmackDown on YouTube because I can do it in 15, 20 minutes and, you know, not have to watch the whole show unless I'm, you know, watching with a few guys. Well, or whatever. But I know in the 80s, like, every all my friends were 
wrestling. My brothers were wrestling. So, I mean, it was like, if wrestling was on, we were watching it. It was a conversation piece. And um, my, oh, bro- yeah. my brother, I don't remember WrestleMania 1. I can't remember who was, who was in it. But he actually went to, like, Manitowoc where they're having, like, a viewing. Oh, the closed circuit. Because yeah, that's what closed they circuit. had before pay-per-view was closed circuit where it would be at a movie theater. Yeah, so him and wow. one of his friends went and... Yep. and you know, I couldn't see it at the time, so I'm just waiting for him to come back. And, you know, you know what happened? What happened? You know, tell me who won. And then he's going over and he's all pissed off because I can't remember. One of the matches he's all pissed off about. I can't remember which one it was. But then it, later on, you had like Mr. T was in one of the Wrestle, WrestleManias. Yeah, one and what was his match with Piper? Was it one and two that he was just in? Just one and two? Yeah, maybe. Either way, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Those early manias now compared to now are not. Yeah. yeah, so back then it was just like everyone was watching it. Everyone, So it was just everyone and because was talking you, about You didn't it. have 500 channels. You had yeah, six. Yeah, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. yep. So wrestling was – and you know, you'll hear uh, old school guys talk about this where you know wrestling was something different that wasn't offered anyplace else. You know, now there's so many different forms of entertainment. I mean, just gaming systems alone, you know, they're, they're really got an uphill battle. I think they've had to adapt and change their product, whether it's for the better or worse. That's up to, you know, up to the viewer to decide. But they've definitely had to change, and it's definitely a different product. Um, I like the WWE Network because the whole library is there. It's, um, you know, it's a little bit, doesn't have the same feel as the pay-per-view. I remember... You know, we used to get together with a oh, bunch of guys. Yeah, Everybody yeah. kick in five bucks. You'd order a bunch of pizzas or euros or whatever and watch the pay per view. Still uh, waiting for you guys to kick in on when I host them. Uh, it's no. It's in the mail. <laughs> it's in the mail. Don't worry. Okay. About it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. You're good. It's a long mail order. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendously. <laughs> Tremendously. But yeah, it just had a, just had a different, tremendous. just had a you know a different vibe to it, and you know we'll see how it all plays out. At the end of the day, I I still think the need to build stars. I feel like a broken record on this, saying this every week, and it it is kind of fun once you've stepped back from wrestling, where it's like it, it's it's almost okay to be a mark again, like when you're in wrestling and you're doing it every week. I really feel like you have to kind of take a certain look at things like, okay, I've got to like the best wrestlers because of their work rate. And, you know, like when you kind of, you're able to step back, you can just kind of be stupid and you can like goofy shit and be entertained by what you're entertained by. And you, you know, really unapologetically. So, you know, that part of it's kind of refreshing, but um, they definitely need to build some stars because there's not a lot of guys who, when you see them come through that curtain, you're like, wow, this guy is a star. He belongs here. What else would he be doing if he wasn't a wrestler? It's totally obvious that this is what he should do with his life. So I know another thing, like in the 80s, that kind of wrestling took a backseat to was boxing. You had Mike, Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had, Tyson was carrying. You had Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Buster Douglas. It, it so was, it, it really got into boxing yeah. at that time in yeah, the, the, the really mid-80s through the 90s. Yeah, people were fine with paying the outrageous pay-per-view price for a Tyson fight that would last 10 seconds. Right. Because yeah. you know, the whole time they're just like, oh, did yeah. you see that? Yeah. That's awesome. And, I mean, you had the undercard and everything. But, yeah, to your yeah. point, you never know and, how long And that's what then UFC started doing. They, they would have the big names and big draws. But like I yeah I remember there was a bar that we used to go to all the time they had the UFC on and yeah me and a guy would oh let's bet every time on the on each fight yeah hey, I got this guy all right I got this guy you know and it was and they always had a packed bar they couldn't get any more people in there because they were all watching UFC but isn't it funny how UFC has really started to to borrow from WWF WWE 
Bellator is you, more you know, or less. Yeah, it's got that, like that vibe story where we're creating storylines, we're creating characters. It's like oh, yeah. they knew they just couldn't have guys go in there and kick the shit out of each other. They had to have a reason Stone behind Coast it. Steve Austin is going to win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania, and that's the bottom line. Why? Because Stone Cold Central. Oh, Boy, you know, that was out of the left field <laughs> if there ever was. Oh, you know, Becky Lynch got the same reaction last week when she hobbled out on Raw. Well, it's. To your point about the create new stars, you had a star, huge and Becky, that was on the rise, and then WWE had to oh. just sprinkle their hands all over that and just ruin it. Well, they had yeah. to do with, the... with, in my opinion, is that uh, injury angle with her right or left knee, whatever you want to say. <laughs> Whichever one it is. Whichever one you Whichever, want. Yeah, I mean, it started to the right, it just transferred to the left. I mean, it just happens. So I think we're all in agreement now, finally, that Becky should stop being compared to Stone Cold. She's just Becky. Doing yeah. fine as Becky. It lasted two, three months. Now it's it's over and it's back. Yeah, just the, I just want the comparison to stop. Yeah, she I, can do whatever she I wants. Think it will. I think just it will. the comparison. The only man on the track. The propaganda that WWE is <laughs> trying to shove down our Whoa, throat, though. That's right. Becky doing the Austin three sixteen. She did that two years ago, but yes, it, the just so that much was a big deal. Apparently, so much. Hate on it. It was just hilarious. So, so what actually got you guys into wrestling? Where you guys were actually in matches yourselves? Became wrestlers. Yes. Well, I think you know, well, like the you, once, is asking a question. Yeah. To the interview. Well, you know, I think like you, once um, because you know, like I said, wrestling goes through that bit of a lull. You know, you love it when you're a kid. What? What? Hey, Joey, enough with the drops already. What are we paying Jesus you for? Christ, Joey. He really wants that check. He does. We ain't paying him shit. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, like you, you, you like it when you're a kid. You kind of go through a lull, and then all of a sudden, hey, what's this, uh, what's this NWO stuff? What's this Stone Cold Steve Austin guy? And then, you know, from there, I mean, it just it grew like wildfire. Because, again, there wasn't a lot of entertainment at that time. And, I mean, I'll shoot with you here. When I was... Uh, it was like 96, 97, maybe 95, 96, 97. I mean, it, the entertainment that was out there was so bad. I remember guys talking about what happened on Jerry Springer that day. Because it was like, you know, oh, did you see the guy came out and Steve, the security guard, had to grab him? <laughs> like, there, honestly, there wasn't a lot of entertainment out there. I mean, I you know, you had some blockbuster movies and TV shows and stuff like that. But for the most part... You had shit like, you know, Jerry Springer and then, and then pro wrestling. And anyway, so I went to a couple of indie shows. And, you know, I mean, I, I played some sports and stuff through high school and college and stuff like that. And I was watching these guys at an indie show. And I'm like, well, fuck, I can do that. You know, it's kind of the same. I'm, I'm not going to compare myself. Man, drop in, Joe. Joey, that drop in sucks. Joey. Nobody could even hear it. Just to continue, what got me into it was seeing guys who were doing it and realized, hey, I'm an athlete. I can do this. I love, you know, I've, I've got a, a bit of a passion for it. Now, I won't say that I never had ambitions to, to go to the WWE to be a superstar. To me, I looked at it as like, yeah, this is just something cool to try out. I mean, I'll, I'll respect the business, certainly, and, and, you know, and have respect for those who do it. But I also knew that I had so many different interests going so many different directions that there was no way that I could just give everything I had to pro wrestling to get to the next level. Because that's what it takes. I mean, if, if you're going to get somewhere in the business, you know, from talking to different people, guys who have made it, 
their only like real driving hobby is wrestling. That's what they want to go for. Unless they're, you know, completely gifted athletes, you know, whether it be a Brock Lesnar or even a guy like Bobby Lashley, who you're like, yeah, this guy belongs in a wrestling ring, whether their ring work, you know, or what it, it is what it is. The fact is, the that, was guy air looks quotes. Like, that was air quotes. You know, the guy looks like a Greek god. It's like he's carved out of granite. What else would he be doing if he wasn't a pro wrestler, you know? So, yeah, for the most part, it, it's got to be your complete passion. And you, you see the guys who don't make it long when they're not truly fans of wrestling. They don't love it. Um, you know, they don't last very long. So, I mean, that's... You know, that's kind of the uh, the tale. Yeah. Well, I was going to piggyback on your Jerry Springer thing. I do remember in middle school, kids actually wearing the Jerry Springer security shirts because they could buy him a hot topic. They thought it was the coolest, <laughs> funniest thing. Like, I mean, yeah, Jerry but, was over. Oh, why do you think they had him yeah. on Raw? Mm-hmm. I so, mean, so, Andy, did you have one of those shirts? Fuck you for calling me Andy. <laughs> that's his favorite name, by the way. Oh, I hate it. No, I did not have one of those shirts. I I think I asked my buddy to pick me up one, but he didn't he didn't grab me one. What an asshole. Dave, how about you? What got me in? So uh, 98, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's <laughs> do the what? No, not Randy Orton. <laughs> Randy Orton in 98. No, negative. No, Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1998, dude. Uh, that's got me hooked. Uh, and then See, of course, I think anybody who says, any from, anybody from our age who says that Austin did, didn't get him into it is a liar. Oh, I think so. Well, you know, our, our generation. Our, our, I mean, it, it's, it sounds good to say, oh, I always loved watching Ric Flair. Or I always loved watching, you know, Arn and Ole or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's good to say, but... What really put you yeah. over was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, it was Austin. Of course, as a kid, I was I was hooked, line sinker, all that because I was always my dad hated it, so he never let me watch it. So I'd have to run to my grandma's, hey, just like you, my parents. I'd have to run over there on Saturday morning, catch Live Wire, get you know, because I miss Raw. So I'd have to watch nice. Live Wire, and then I'd be, I'd have, to, I was, my dad would always go out in the garage on Monday nights, so I'd run, <laughs> take the remote. Go to Channel USA quick. I hear a door. Run back into my bedroom like nothing happened. He'd go back out. I'd run back out in the living room, turn it back on USA. I'd heard the door. I, it was just a repeated pattern. And so then, shut up, Andrew. And then I would go on Saturday morning, run to the grandma's. And then, as it, everything kind of kept going on, DX, you got The Rock. You got Jericho coming in later on. So just a whole, a whole big thing. Yeah. But it was Austin, essentially. And then when I got up and to, we'll say, the Fox Valley or arena. Uh, got into it. I was saw a poster up in uh, the Gold's Gym area, which I was working at at the time, and saw a wrestling show. Your boss was a really great guy when you worked at Gold's Gym. You know, I'm not going to really such shoot an inf- He was such an influence on you. And I, if you I think people that... could see the shit-eating grin on this fucker's <laughs> face right now, I th- it's a complete lie. That guy was a piece of shit. I, I just think he really shaped your life and your career. No, I mean, you should really give him more, more respect even close. than what you do. But uh, so I went and uh, saw uh, the, the wrestling show, and then I saw the guy whose name is Cobra. <laughs> I talked to him. Who I want to have on the show. I've bumped into him twice now at the gym. Uh, So I learned just the basics from him of just bumping. And then, lo and behold, um, ran into a a young buck named Mason Quinn. We started trading stories about some wrestling. And then uh, he actually, he probably thought I was just complete bullshit. But he's like, (laughs) oh, I'll help you out. I'll get you there. And then he got me hooked up with Jason Jerry. I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying that. And Angel Armani. And Angel Armani. The best The great. Late 
Angel Armani. It's the late great. Say it right if you're going to say it. So Jason Jerry gave me an opportunity. And Jason Jerry gave me an opportunity, and then it was off to the races from there. And then everyone, uh, including Quinn, said, you got to go see Angel Armani if you want to learn even more. And I had a couple uh, training sessions uh, with him and uh, Angel Armani's group. And then it was off to the races from there. And anyone, again, we'll put them over. Anyone who's getting into the business that's listening to this, you got to go to Angel Armani or Shane Hills, one of the two. But we will we'll always push Angel. And then from there, it was off to the races. I, I do want to get some uh, – I want to get Winchester on because we have some funny stories with yeah, Matt yeah, Winchester. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to piggyback with another surprise guest we have coming up on the Bad Medicine Podcast – um, one of the things I want to talk to about him is how there was a time in Minnesota, because that's where I trained with uh, Terry Fox and Eddie Sharkey. There was a time where Minnesota, in my opinion, had so much talent for guys who you could put them on raw that day. There was so many guys up there who were that good. I want to talk to possibly our surprise guest about how they felt if they would have been Maybe five years what later. What a tease. Ten years later. That's in showbiz, kid. You I know, it's a tease. tease. That's what I'm saying. It's a great exactly. tease. Um, You're like a girl I met at the bar last night. A tease. Which one? The one that the bouncer guy, pulled you actually. away from? <laughs> it was a guy the, with a ponytail and he thought it was that, a woman. The one, the one that the bouncer told me yeah. she asked him to ask me to leave her alone. <laughs> we won't get in anymore because... No. But but anyways, <laughs> uh, a court real order. quick teaser, real quick teaser. I just want to say that... Uh, there may be a guest coming up, and I really want to talk to him about how he felt that the Midwest, and Minnesota in particular, had just a ton of talent in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s with guys who were ready to go. And had they come into the business maybe five, ten years later, I would put that talent level that was up there against what you see in NXT any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Yeah, there was a – before I even got in, you guys had a – I would say your wave of guys like Winchester. So I, I was, was so lucky when I came in. The you, amount of talent that was there Thor, to uh, to teach me stuff like and that, to, you know, to show me stuff. It was amazing. The the the, the pure amount of talent that was there to uh, to teach guys and everybody was great with helping out and everything like that. It was it's certainly nothing like it is now. Where I, I really kind of feel for anybody who wants to try to get into the business because there's just those guys aren't there to help with training. And, and quite honestly, if you're any kind of athlete. You know, say you're an ex-college jock or whatever, you'd be better off just moving down to Florida and rolling the dice and taking your chances with NXT right off the bat. Don't even waste your time with the indie wrestling because half those guys get, half those well, guys they sign should, every well, month. Maybe, well, maybe now they can waste their time on the indies because if you do it right, like some of these guys are, you can actually be a star on the indies and make a good living for now. Yeah, but they all came from a different time. Like you yeah, look sorry, at, like, I mean, you look at how long in. like AJ Styles it took him. To where he got there, I mean, he's like 38, 39 now. Yeah, he was, you know, very revered in the indies, but it took him a long time, you know, to get there. Whereas now, you know, they've got guys that they're bringing up who've been wrestling for, you know, a year or two. You know, in the case of Braun Strowman, I mean, I don't even know how long he was down in NXT for. Well, Mark Henry caught him because he uh, Strowman was doing at the Arnold, the, right? Well, doing strongman comps. Yeah. So that's how Mark Henry got his hands on Strowman, and then. Rest is history. From no, there. I mean, I mean, granted, Braun Strowman again. To my go back to my point, you look at him. What else would he do if he wasn't a pro wrestler or a power? He'd still be he'd throwing five hundred stones. Be a yeah. standing <laughs> on Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. So, four. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a different time right now, and uh, I think that kind of 
wraps up and what we have to talk to about how we got into wrestling. What's the next topic? Yeah, what's the next topic? I think two out of three was good, right? Yeah, two out of three is good. Nobody <laughs> cares about this guy. Nobody cares how I got in the he, business. He's too drunk to show up to shows anyways. <laughs> he found a pair of silver pants and he goes, I should wear these in wrestling. <laughs> Well, no, I had you tell us about it because you went through like 18 different characters. So. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, give I didn't... me Punisher number four. <laughs> like, I didn't have I didn't have the person leading me like you led Dave. You gave Dave his name, which you then eventually Oh, should we talk about that name. quick? Now let's bring it up. Uh, we're going to cut you off there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I actually get asked that a lot, though. Like, well, how did you come up with your gimmick? Well, I'm like, the gimmick came with, I said, I want to rip off Shawn Michaels, not by his talent, just by, <laughs> just by no, gear. no, you're just as talented as him. Probably Don't not. sell yourself short. <laughs> sure. So Dave had me stick a fork in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no. So Quinn, I was like, I gave Quinn an idea, and then uh, eventually he's like, well, let me ponder something. I might have a couple ideas, and uh, so he shoots me a text: Diamond Dave Damone. I'm like, oh, really? Where'd, where'd you come up with that? Well, Diamond Dave Leverroth, and then uh, you watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? I was just going to ask you if that's where Damone came from. Damone. I'm like, what? And that's what made me watch the movie. I'm like, who's this Damone you're talking about? And, and the funny part was, who did you think Damone was at first? I thought it was uh, Sean Penn's character. Yeah, you thought it was Spicoli. And then you realized it's the, it's the little ratty asshole. And when things are going really good, turn and put on side B of Led Zeppelin 4. <laughs> So that is the oh, famous... This place is all right. I come here all the time. I come for the strudel. <laughs> so that's how Diamond Dave came about. Andrew, continue on. Well, uh, I guess, you know, now you're going to save the best story for last, right? You know, mine? How I got like into that. wrestling? <laughs> something like... Is that what you'd call it? What? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, what happened was uh, my older brother was playing football with uh, the late, great Shane Hills. Shane Hills number two. Everybody knows that Buddy Rogers was the original <laughs> Shane Hills. And everybody oh. knows that Shane Hills is nothing but a greedy old bastard. <laughs> with crooked teeth. With crooked teeth. <laughs> he should have stopped getting those limos and been... Just, Just once taking a cab and you could have fixed those crooked yellow teeth. So my brother then arranged that they were having a show at the Big Apple in Rockwood. Oh, great, great venue. So I went there and actually, you know, Hornswoggle was there, known as Little Bastard. So I did a tryout and actually, you know, I was the best of the bunch. There wasn't too many there, but I was the best Literally. of the bunch. <laughs> and I... And Mike, uh, Mark Mercury. Mike. <laughs> Say his name wrong on purpose, Andrew. I thought we didn't name names here on the podcast. Well, this well, is different. But uh, Merck, uh, as everyone uh, calls him, I wouldn't say affectionately. But, uh, no, he's like, you know, you look good. You got a good good physique. I think you could do this. And I was like, ah, okay. He said, you have a good physique? <laughs> Your brother's expression when you said that, he was like, I don't fucking think so. That was 2006, alright? <laughs> I was in good shape, damn it. And, uh, and, uh, he had hair. <laughs> I did. I actually did have a full head of hair at that time. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't as glorious as Dave's, <laughs> but it was there. And, so I was like, you know, my work schedule is just busy. I was working six, seven days a week, so I, I couldn't do it. Well, then a few years later, I was like, you know what, this is pretty – it was a lot of fun. I, I see, like, more and more people that I know via Facebook doing it or going to shows and stuff. So I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll do it. So I went – I started training at camp at Shane Hills, uh, the Dojo of Pain, if we can do a little shout-out. The Dojo of Pain, I, I have the trophy somewhere for graduating – 
And, you know, the rest is history from there. And then I was at Gold's Gym working out and heard a young Diamond Dave talking about wrestling. And so I part He was took. probably talking about with his amazing boss that he had at the time, <laughs> who was giving him tons of great wrestling ideas. I bet No, but I remember man. this awesome blonde signing me up for Gold's Gym. I, I, you might oh, know her. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing story, Buster. Tell us more. <laughs> so, so lo and behold, then I got, you know, I started training and it was actually the first two camps I did. I was like, this kind of sucks because you're just doing the same basic shit, you know, learning to bump and everything. When do I get to power bomb somebody? Yeah, exactly. Saying? And then the, the, and I was like, I was like, yeah, the third. Joey, fuck. God you damn it. You nailed it, Joey. Oh. Uh, we know who's paying Joey this week, not this guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so the third camp, we actually started broadening our horizons, doing more like suplexes and shit. And that's when I just was like, this is great. I love it. And then it was uh, the second show I was ever on. All of a sudden I saw Dave walk in. I'm like, hey! He's like, hey! And then my first ever singles match was against Mason Quinn. But we'll hold off on that story for another time. Does he have time to tell it? Hey, Joey, or, does he have time to tell the, the whole story? Do you want to say Give me the way? countdown, Joey, damn it. Nope. Nope. Okay. God damn it. All right. All right. That's all right. We'll save that for next time. Teaser, teaser. Just Big like teaser. you were like doing for our <laughs> special guest. Special guest might be coming. <laughs> you never confirm. know. I hope he likes talking into a phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the... What are you talking about? The Bad Medicine Studios are A-plus number one. Sideline D barely got through security. Yeah, no shit. I mean, really, the, the facilities we got here is, like, it's second to none. Second it really is to none. They're, like, two chains and, like, Killer Mike. They're, they wish they had the studio we had. I wish I knew who those guys were. That's why I said them. <laughs> Go back to watching your F1 race. Phenomenal. Well, that was just enlightening. I don't know... It's, it's okay. Fun. You can rewind now. If you fast forwarded through his whole story, you can go ahead and bounce back. This is the point where you want to pick up right here. I'll give you a second. And we're back. <laughs> so, to put a bow, as Quinn would say, on everything tonight, we, we're going to circle back to Sideline D. Sideline D, can you give us a... Another prediction? Another prediction. <laughs> give us a prediction oh, of what the uh, okay. season's going to be like for the Green Bay Packers if Numbnuts will shut up over there so they can hear you. Well, so what they should do? Shut up, Andy. <laughs> Fuck. So, so what's it gonna be like for the Bears? Let's go back to the Bears. I don't know. I'm gonna say uh, nine and seven. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Nine and six and one. Nope. Nine, Boy, nine and six and one. <laughs> there's a guy with some faith in his team. <laughs> hey, the only guy I know here that actually wore Bears apparel, not on a bet, or Packer apparel. God damn it. Wow. This guy. Is... All right. We're, we've totally just derailed. So give us your predictions for uh, the season for the Green Bay Packers. I th- Like I said, <laughs> it's going to be 9-7. Like and seven. On, on the first take that we did. <laughs> on the first take. Well, it depends on how long it Fuck takes. It. We'll do it live. It takes them to uh, get comfortable with each other, gel with a new system. You have a lot of new uh, people on defense. Obviously, you have a new head coach and a lot of, I mean, pretty much whole offensive sides. Uh, all the brand new coaches. So it's going to... Yeah, but it isn't like these guys have never played football before. I mean, they've been playing football their whole lives. That's all they do. 
I look for a fast start. I'm going to think in at least a 5-0 and start, no problems. <laughs> and they could pretty much uh, rest their way right into the playoffs. You know, this, this is kind of funny. Well, what's your prediction, by the way? You said 9-7, and seven, right? Yep. You're saying 5-0 and start, division winning Yeah, with our it, bet. If they lose four games, I'll be shocked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, okay, so well, we got, that includes we a home a, opening game against the Bears. <laughs> so look at this. Okay, guys, for all you people out there that are listening to this, That's all the way so even funny. into the UK, the reason why we're now swinging back to a segment of Quinn's lead pop or lead pop, lead pop, <laughs> lead okay, pipe lock. You'll get it eventually. <laughs> is it's called lead pipe lock of the week, stupid. <laughs> so. Let's circle back to the first one you made. You said Jimmy Uso would not be punished. And so far, you You're have been correct. right. Was, he actually won the, the belt. He actually got the pin that night. And guys, PBD. just so you know, I've told everyone in the world that when he starts mentioning he's going to light up a cigar and he mentions oh. a lead pop lock. he Lead pipe lock I of the week, don't stupid. Care. <laughs> anytime he mentions that. Anytime he mentions that. Bad things happen. And Andrew, what did I tell you at the beginning of the season when he was doing this in the preseason with the stupid oh, cigar? Oh, fuck. It was, what did like, I tell it you? It was like ruining my life. I was like, this is every Sunday is going to suck ass. The Packers would get a first down. Oh, it's in the bag. We got it. Puff, puff, puff. And then Rodgers goes down with the knee injury. In the fr- I'm like, oh, Quinn. And I'm Andrew thought I was kidding. He's like, oh, yeah, that's just Quinn. At and first. Then shit started going really wrong real quick. Oh, then and I had be- a five-win season. I, be- I was like Tom Cruise in Scientology. I became a believer. <laughs> so, sideline D, when stuff really goes wrong... Just think, that son of a bitch lit up a cigar. <laughs> Victory cigar. Because I, I still remember the 2014 NFC Championship. We had the lead at halftime. Oh, it's in the bag. Don't worry. Hey, we got it. Do I play we for the lead five minutes to go in the game? Oh, he should be doing. He should be doing a phenomenal. Oh yeah, that's right. The new Bear Haha Clinton Dix had an interception. He could have taken the house and decided to no, lay down. That was Morgan Burnett. Oh, was it Burnett? Oh, Haha! Ha, Clinton Dix did have two interceptions. Yeah, he did have two in that game. <laughs> Weird. Hmm. Of the four, I didn't know I played for Seattle. I didn't know I had the ability to stop the Packers. I mean, when you go up by that many points and it's that late in the game, you shouldn't be doing a victory cigar. You could it's, be doing a victory line of coke. <laughs> it's the Aaron Rodgers effect. We got Aaron. Oh. We're good. <laughs> oh, but so now, what is the new uh, lead pop? <laughs> he, ladies and gentlemen, he cannot. He cannot do it. I'm gonna say it again. It's lead pipe lock of the week, stupid. Oh, I fucking love my favorite podcast ever now because of that. All right, so what is the new one? The new every week. Uh, the new lead pipe lock of the week is that Max Verstappen will take first place in the next Formula One race in two weeks. No one knows what that I'm is. I'm just Jesus. kidding. What the fuck is the crickets for that one? <laughs> I tell an amazing story and I get crickets. Yeah, Joe. Fucking no. Joey. God. The lead pipe Damn lock it. of the week is that the Packers will go 11-5. and five. I ju- I, You just said the, of the week. We lost four... Games. I said I'd be shocked. It doesn't mean I wouldn't be surprised. That's Dude, why I'm giving why him a cushion. Say, that's like eight months away. Can yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wait wait to do sooner. something that happens in January when it's fucking March. Oh. Stupid. Lead pipe yeah, block of the week. Stupid idiot. Uh, Dipshit. 
My lead pipe block of the week is Andrew won't have his license for another month before he loses it. <laughs> That's a possibility. That's actually a real strong possibility. Well, I got to go drive and get us some more beers right now. <laughs> No, you're good. Yeah, no. And uh, I believe as we go home here, Quinn, you had a list of sponsors. <laughs> I do have a, a list of people and companies who should be sponsors of the Bad Medicine Podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and start. The first pers- the first company, rather, who should be, at least it wasn't as bad as Sid Vicious. I remember when he messed up. <laughs> It was terrible. YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it again. We're live. We should be sponsored by... (laughs) By Farouk. (laughs) (laughs) The Bad Medicine Podcast should be sponsored by BF Goodwrench All-Terrain Tires. The best tires you can buy for the money, hands down. The Bad Medicine Podcast should also be sponsored by Jim Beam Kentucky Bourbon because it's just the best there is. You don't really have to go to work tomorrow, do you? The Bad Medicine Podcast should be sponsored by Ford Trucks because they didn't need a government bailout built Ford Tough. (laughs) The Bad Medicine Podcast should be brought to you by Honda Power Sports. The power of dreams, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week on the Bad Medicine Podcast.